to episode 127 of Friends of Film, a podcast that relates news and releases in the movie world. On this episode, we'll cover loads of new trailers, Gambino possibly being Willy Wonka, and more after you review Ocean's 8. As always, I'm your host, Cooper, once again joined by a man who has recorded the last nine episodes with a broken hand and hasn't missed a step, Josh Fairley. Oh, well, okay, that's not true. Um, I'm perfectly healthy, <laughs> but... The, you're referencing, of course, LeBron's confession yes. last night at the podium um, during the final game of the finals after the sweep. And, man, that re- explains why yep. he was so weak yep. the last three games. Yes, it does. And it, it just makes you wonder, Jay, does, did JR's Absolutely. blow the series or at least just make it uncompetitive? Yeah, because, I mean, he put up 51. I mean, <sighs> it's the crazy thing is, I know this isn't an NBA podcast, but... LeBron breaks his hand mm-hmm. after game one, and he still puts up a 30-point triple-double. And next night. Uh, 20, and two more, like, 25-point performances. Like, he, he's a beast, but people are using it as an excuse. Mm. Whatever. It's it's ridiculous. I'm still extremely sore about this. I mean, not, like, as mad as I was last year, uh-huh. but still just upset. Yeah. Um, but, hey, everyone, uh, don't forget, you can get all of our latest updates um, on Facebook and Twitter at Friends and Film, and be sure to check out the rest of our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And if you can on iTunes, please leave us a review; it really helps. Yeah, and then be sure to head over to our website as well, friendsandfilm.wordpress.com, where you guys will be able to read new reviews from us on a weekly basis. And this week, uh, over the last the next couple of days, um, well, actually, by the time you guys hear this, there'll be even more up than we're going to talk about right now. But it's been a busy week for us on the site. You've been killing it. Reviewing movies. Uh, we got a chance I mean, between oceans. And by the time you guys hear this, I think there will be seven reviews up between the, over the last week. So, That's wild. Uh, pretty crazy stuff. And it started with uh, I went and saw Adrift, the Shailene Woodley, Sam Claflin movie mm-hmm. at the start of the week. Uh, you guys can read the review on the site. But if you haven't... Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really thrilling. I really liked yeah. the way that the director of Everest kind of told this true story. It, The narrative style normally would, I think, hamper this a bit more for me, but I think they used it in a clever way to keep some things a mystery about how this story is actually unfolding. So I definitely recommend that. And then we both got a chance to see Tag early. We did. Thanks to Regal. I, I wrote the review up for the site yes. so people can read my full thoughts. I really enjoyed it. Josh, what did you think I of the movie? thought it was killer. I mean, it was, I think it was probably my second favorite comedy of the year so far. It's right behind Game Night, mm-hmm. but they're gonna they're vying for yeah. you know the top spot. The cast is ex- exceptional, but Hannibal Buress, I mean, improving his lines or reading what was written, uh, that's classic him, and it just punctuates the moments perfectly yeah i thought he was great it's the fisher really stood out oh, to me yes. she was so funny and unhinged and i thought jake johnson killed it as well mm-hmm. as well as everybody else i'm now on john ham for fantastic for mr fantastic that would be a great He'd choice be- if john krasinski can't do it either way i need a john to play <laughs> mr fantastic if you're listening to marvel studios um i also went to the hobnob and film festival in fort wayne the yeah. first night of it and saw heartbeat loud the movie starring Nick Hofferman and Kiersey Clemens. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed that one as well. It was very different seeing a movie in the quote-unquote festival setting yeah. where you know there's the two producers of the movie are in the audience, but also just 
really engaged film fans where then you know it's a big applause at the end of the movie and people are cheering and uh it was a really fun environment awesome. really enjoyable movie uh both clemens and uh nick offerman kill it um acting wise but also musically it's it's incredible how talented these two people are um you guys can read my full review on that on the site. And then, Josh, you also went and checked out Hereditary. Yes. Um, hopefully, they'll have a review up by the time you're hearing this. Mm-hmm. But everything you've heard about the A24 film is uh, true. Uh, it it's is a horror masterpiece. It is a horror masterpiece. It is a family drama taken to the nth degree. And there's just two or three dynamics that all coalesce um, about midway through the movie that will leave you aghast, breathless, heartbroken, and incredibly uncomfortable. Now is it is it horror or is it a thriller? It is horror. Okay. Don't let any don't fall for the it's it's, it's a different <laughs> kind of horror. No, yeah. it's straight horror, um, especially once you get to the end. Okay. Um but the way it builds and the when the way the pieces come together around the the narrative mm-hmm. um is insane. So okay. definitely check it out. Hopefully we'll have a review where I talk about the, the leads and everything like that. Yeah. Um, and I also may have a review up for another Hobnobbin film, Hot Summer Night, starring Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Um, so hopefully I get a chance to see that. Maybe another one too, but we'll have to wait and see how my Sunday uh, pans out. But this week we're here to talk about, in depth, Ocean's 8, mm-hmm. the all-female sequel reboot. Sequel remix. To no, sequel. It's, yeah, but it's all, yeah. yeah. Revival, re- Revival, sequel. sure. Revival. We'll, go, we'll go with Revival. I like that. Um, of the Oceans franchise that was first remade by Steven Soderbergh mm-hmm. um, and Brad George Pitt, Clooney, Brad George Pitt. Clooney, Matt Damon, all those people back in the early 2000s. This time it's Sandra Bullock, Cape Lanchette, and a bunch of others. Josh, you gave the review for the sites. Mm-hmm. What did you think if they haven't had a chance to read that yet? I really liked it. Um, I thought it was exceptional. I, well, before I drop back from exceptional, I thought it was extremely well put together and done. Um, it really breathes, um, or the, it's, it's, the cast breathes life into this movie, more so than I ever thought possible, more so than I think Ocean's Eleven does um, okay. in a lot of ways. Bullock, Blanchette, Aquafina, Kaling, Anne Hathaway... And Helen Bonham Carter, mm-hmm. and then of course Sarah Paulson. Is that everyone? Yes, I think I'm leaving someone out. Uh, I think you got it. Okay, on. awesome. Yeah, mentioned Rihanna and Rihanna, of course, as their hacker Nineball, who <laughs> I think steals scenes here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, totally blew my expectations yeah. for her, especially after like seeing Battleship. Be like, oh, Rihanna can't act. That was no. like my takeaway. No, she can especially when given a, good, a decent script and a good director mm-hmm. with Gary Ross. Um, it doesn't take a whole lot of risk in so much as script and like their actual heist they pull off. Yeah. It's not as um, intricate. Gary Ross doesn't hold the pieces back from you like the other Oceans films mm-hmm. do, and there's not one grand ending where you're like i totally missed that how could i have not have noticed them doing all of these things Mm -hmm. it's sort of just oh hey and we did this and you're like oh okay that makes sense cool 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 that's fun and when we get to that point well i mean i'll kind of talk about that but uh, it's really just watching these eight people these eight women on screen and enjoying their interactions and the fun they're having uh, the the them navigate 
mm-hmm. the caper, the crime, the setup for it. Uh, and I can't say more about anyone else in this movie other than Anne Hathaway. Because as Diane Kruger, the actress, the mark, the, their um, their Trojan horse for getting the necklace into the Met Gala, mm-hmm. she she plays the actress with like you know a, a, a certain uh, pettiness, a brand of naivety, and then just is this over the top, um, self important uh, atmosphere mm-hmm. and the way she's trying on the necklace and acting around there, and it was just like. This is where's this Anne Hathaway been for a while? Yeah. Um, I know she's like you know been busy with like family and the kids and things like that. But it's like I am so glad to have her back mm-hmm. uh, on the screen, having fun, and that's really what everyone in this movie is doing, um, having a great time. But the only parts that I really don't like are when they're like, "Hey, this is an oceans movie. Let's let's talk about that." There's a random cameo from Ruben, um, which is find from Ocean's mm-hmm. Eleven. I mean, but it's kind of like, oh, he's from the old ones. Cool. Right. Wink, wink. And then we have to sort of see Sandra Bullock be like, Danny Ocean's my brother. It runs in the family. <laughs> I do crimes because he does crimes. Yeah. I'm good at it. And then there's this moment where her and James Corden are talking. I'm like, this is really kind of just weighing it down and it feels uh, clunky mm-hmm. in so many ways. And uh, I wasn't there for that. And then, like I said, the plan just wasn't, didn't totally do it for me okay um and we can talk about all the pieces and how that fits together um in the end but just to button up what i have to say or what i am saying is helen bottom carter though who's someone i don't see outside of those weird zany roles Mm -hmm. i just uh, totally blown away and i'm like she is a national treasure she plays like this sweet little um She's a designer. Fashion designer, yeah. And I was like, this is a role I've not seen you in um, other than, I think, Cinderella was the first time I was like, oh, she's not, there's not shadows across her face. She's not (laughs) dressed up as a witch or, you know, using like, what was it, like the Lone Ranger movie and all sorts of other places. And like, this is perfect. This is awesome. Yeah. She's terrific. Uh, But so at the end, I, I enjoyed it. It's super fun to watch. It it just kind of like breezes by mm-hmm. over its two hours. And you're like, that didn't really like blow my mind. Right. But it was sort of just like sitting down and like, wow, this is a nice, you know, a nice smooth sailing mm-hmm. film. So I've got it at three and a half ticket subs out of five. Yeah. I would absolutely agree with your rating to the dots. I'd also oh. give it three and a half ticket stubs. Nice. Um, and yeah, I think it is just something that's like, yeah, it's not going to kind of, well, I think Ocean's Eleven, when they eventually reveal like what actually was happening, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, that man, that that is so clever, like, right. wow, so, such a uh, job well done by everybody involved. Mm-hmm. This one, it's more just like, yeah, I'm watching this, and it's just like it's really fun. It moves well, and by the end of it, you're like, okay, cool, that was enjoyable. I liked it, right? Um, but it doesn't, you know, it's not going to blow your socks off or anything. But it's a it's a fun time with the movies. I think that the runtime could have been shortened out a little bit there's a couple of moments you're like it's just like these really weird like single moments with these characters it's like doesn't add anything and you're just like why are we doing that other than like the one that like really stuck out to me in the movie was one between mindy kaling and aquafina and you're like this is this is a weird moment but then it it, it pays off a little bit in the end but it's just like 
it was it was oddly placed in the movie where you're like that just like kind of broke up the momentum yeah, the film had. There are vignettes from characters. There's mm-hmm. another one in there as well where it tells a backstory for Sandra Bullock's character. Yeah. And I'm like, I could have gotten the gist of that mm-hmm. just from, you know, walking and talking yeah. more so than cutting out to there. So Yeah, yeah so I hear I didn't necessarily need that, but it, at the end of the day it still felt like part of this universe, which I yeah. think was important Perfect for these fit. movies. Um Gary Ross is definitely trying to emulate uh, Steven Soderbergh's style in mm-hmm. the way the film is just kind of moves the tonal styles of it, um, even kind of the jazzy music behind yeah. it all. Those camera zooms. Yeah, like it's all just very They're Soderbergh-esque. Cool. And I think that was, I mean, sometimes I think it's a little too reminiscent of the first movie where it opens exactly the same way. Debbie Ocean's getting out <laughs> yes. of prison where Ocean's Eleven, it opens with Danny Ocean getting out of prison like, Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> seeing this, and there are certain there are definitely beats where you're like, okay, like this is very, very similar to Ocean's Eleven, but at the same time, this cast is such a blast that I didn't really care for most of it. It's just like I loved seeing Bullock and Kate Blanchett just like interact, and Kate Blanchett it looks like she's just having the time of her life in this mm-hmm. movie, being a a biker, but just like looking cool as heck the entire time. Oh yeah, the style was off the charts. <laughs> I mean that goes that goes with. Uh, for all of the ladies, yeah. like the costume design in this movie, like it's not like going to win an Oscar probably like it's not nothing crazy, but they all just like look like super cool the whole time. And it's just like, it, I don't know that just like caught my eye. And uh, especially with it, Blanchett, she just has these like dope suits on the whole movie. Yep. Um, but I also agree with you that Anne Hathaway just steals the show. Um, I mean, yeah, just her performance as this kind of, actress who just sees so much of herself and the way she's like touches like, oh you you're <laughs> yes. so lucky and you're just like come like this is just great this is dan hathaway that we haven't seen in a while because she's been doing like her awards baity type of roles mm-hmm. more so or just kind of taking stuff away i liked even like the when helena bottom carter calls her barbie because oh, Anne right. hathaway <laughs> is supposed to play barbie in a movie uh, i don't know if that was intentional or not but it's just like a funny i was like oh that's that reminded me of that in the moment. Um, I liked all the rest of the cast. I don't know if there was really a standout in between. I liked Sarah Paulson's character oh, yes. the most, I think, out of them. Because it was just like <laughs> such a funny, like, I don't I still don't understand what she really does. She just like no, buys things the, in bulk, I guess, and transports them. Yeah. Um, it was just like, I was like, I would love to see a movie with her. Like, that was such an interesting Especially character. The moment in the trailer that you see where she's walking mm-hmm. out with her kid, that played so well oh, in the it theater, did. too. Um, I wish I would have saw it with a better audience. I was saw it at like, you know, at a one thirty show, you know, like yeah. a, on a Friday. It does. So it, it wasn't. Really well. I was like, I felt like I was the only person laughing in the theater. Um, so maybe that would have helped a little bit. But I also think it lacked a true villain where did. the the first movies had Andy Garcia and you're just like, I despise you because I understand like the motivations behind these characters doing this. And plus you're just kind of like despicable. And this one doesn't really have that. It's more just like, hey, let's do this because this is what we do. And you're like, okay, mm-hmm. you guys are having a fun enough time that I'm going to enjoy this. But I would have maybe liked somebody in an antagonistic role other than the guy whose name I don't know. Yeah. And then James Corden is kind of that for like <laughs> right. 20 minutes at the end. And I was like, I don't care. Well, and then that, like, it, like 15 minutes at the end. And then the last five, you're like, Oh, he, I, Oh, he's, he's, not, oh, yeah. he's James Corden. He's so sweet. Of course he's not going like, to yeah. hunt these people. Down. So it's just like, whatever. But I, I would have no problem rewatching this movie. Like right now, which I think Same here. is, I think as, as high a praise you can kind of give a movie. I mean, this isn't a perfect movie as obviously I've kind of said some flaws of it, but I give it three and a half tickets dubs as well. Um, we can kind of move into spoilers. If you want to touch on anything more in depth, 
Uh, yeah, I guess. Okay, well, f- going back to the plan, this was the first moment where I was just like, oh, like right in the theater. Because like throughout the movie, I didn't have one of those moments where I was like, don't like that. Mm-hmm. Not great. But this was the one moment where I was like, eh, I don't know. And it was, they steal, they, they're successful with the heist and they get the necklace. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Cartier piece, the Jeanette Tussaud, yeah. I believe. I'm butchering the French there. <laughs> uh, and they get it out of the museum. They fence it um, for cheap so they mm-hmm. can get rid of it. They make like under $100 million. I'm like, well, where's the, how are we going to make, you know, the 150 million to split yeah. between all of us? And they're like, well, and they open up a drawer yeah. and then they reveal that they've actually stolen, you know, 10 Everything. other sets of diamonds, <laughs> right. That were on loan to the museum. And they, they sort of, they set you up and they show you that those diamonds are, or those gems are in there, mm-hmm. but the, it happens in a moment where they're like, oh, they're just having fun with Anne Hathaway's character being, yeah. you know, the, uh, over the top celebrity mm-hmm. talking to entertainment weekly or, you know, e access, whatever. Uh, but they don't really set you up other than that for that yeah. moment. And I know I'm like, okay, this is sort of just like a, oh man, it felt like they're like, oh wait, we need to make this work. So let's just drop all these jewels in here. Right. It needed, it felt like they needed like, oh, well, we need our like gotcha thing where it's like, oh, you thought this was all it was? No, it was much more. Right. So we're going to do this, get the cool cameo from the amazing Yen. Yes. Uh, from the first ocean trilogy. And it's just like, okay, yeah, it was like a fun little twist. Like, oh, okay, cool. So they, it was more than what they let on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would have liked it to maybe be a little less like kind of unbelievable. We were like, wait, so like Mindy Kaling knew about it, but she didn't tell anybody else. Like, why didn't she just, why wasn't everybody on the plan if this is the plan the whole time? Like, it didn't really make any sense to keep everybody in the dark. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then when they're like, oh, don't worry. <laughs> it's like. You could have easily explained this to everybody and mm-hmm. nothing would have changed. Um, I think my biggest gripe in terms of spoiler stuff is how Anne Hathaway becomes part of the group. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, the whole marketing campaign, it ends with that shot of them in the train, mm-hmm. which is basically like the closing moment of the movie. Yep. It's just like, I wish they maybe wouldn't have shown that in the trailer because you're like, oh, okay, so clearly they're all in on it. Or these seven ladies are about to like gang up on Hathaway and like (laughs) steal her or something. I don't know what was going to happen. Um, but it turns out she's, she becomes part of the team because she's more than just like the dumb actress. She picks up on what's going on. Yeah. And so then like she becomes suspicious and somehow Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett are like, Oh, we know she's suspicious. So we're going to bring her in again secretly. And it's just like, then she's like storms into their like hideout room right. the movie after the, after the heist is done. And she's like, you guys are in trouble. And they're like, what are you doing here? And it's <laughs> exactly. just like, Oh, she's part of the team. And I'm like, that's it. Mm-hmm. That, that was how you, that's how you right. got in. Like, I, w- I wish it would have been like from the start or like you guys paid her off at the end. Just be like, don't talk about it. And or say this and this and this, and then we'll mm-hmm. give you this instead of right. like, oh, you were in on it ninety percent of the time, but we didn't tell anybody. Yeah, her addition is like, eh, okay. But then once she's in with the team and then interacting with oh, everyone, yeah, you're fun. like, lovely. And then yeah. she goes out and runs cover for them with the uh, Bullock's ex, whose name I still mm-hmm. remember. Yeah, because she's like, they're like, why, why are you doing this? She's like, I don't have any. You have friends that are girls. They're like, you're doing this for friendship? <laughs> you're, a, you're a world-renowned model and actress. Come on. Um, uh, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's fun, but it's also just like 
kind of eye rolly at the same time, which I was just like, I wish, I think a better script would have found a better way to get her involved. Yeah. And I'm, I, 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 I'm not trying to hammer hit too far at Gary Ross here, mm-hmm. but I think he focused on the wrong things some of the time and for better or for worse. I mean, yeah. well, no, for worse. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. Uh, so, and you know, he did a great job with hunger games, of course, mm-hmm. but I don't know if maybe his confidence was too much. I know he brought in Olivia Munch um, to help mm-hmm. write, but I think it could have used, um, I don't know, maybe a female director's touch. I'm not sure, but I right. believe so. What did you think of, this isn't really like a spoiler question, but like, what did you think of all like the celebrity cameos at the Met Gala? Oh, I loved it. I thought it, it added a realism to it the did, whole yeah. thing. Especially when Katie Holmes was like, was just they just cut to her and you're like, oh, that lady's asking. And then they cut back to... Hathaway, who's uh-huh. just about to vomit as a part of their yeah. plan. Then they cut back to Katie Holmes. I'm like, is that that Katie Holmes? That that's Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes, right there. They're yeah, just, just popping her in. No, it's not like gratuitous at mm. all. They're just like, there she is. Then same thing with Olivia Munn, Heidi Klum, um, the Kardashians, the Kardashians are, are in there many times, around. <laughs> yeah, four or five times. Uh, and there was someone else too that I can't think of. Serena Williams, of course. Yep was in there and then someone was next to olivia Munn that i knew was somebody but i was like yeah i don't know who that person was either put your can't put the name with the face uh quick questions timeline ish Mm -hmm. when did hathaway become aware of or when did she be brought in to the what was happening she was it after the heist was already done yes okay because when you're mentioning her throwing up i was like that's a lot. Like that's it's pretty real. Mm-hmm. If like if they had already recruited her beforehand, it could right. just like, hey, fake it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was just like, I wanted to clear that up in my head. Um, I don't really have anything else I think I need to talk about in spoilers with this movie. Uh, I would definitely be down for Ocean's Nine. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, maybe then you can please. get a female director on board that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this cast is great. If it is Ocean's Nine and they up the cast by one, is there any person off the top of your head you're like, Yes. Ooh, Tilda Swinton. That's that's a great choice. Yeah. My mind went to Anne, Anna Kendrick. Oh, that'd be um, perfect too. But I feel, but she may be too similar to some of the other people involved. So I don't know if there's like a yeah. Her for some reason, her and Hathaway occupy yeah. the same space in my mind. Swinton is or just, she'd be like a really good Sarah Paulson. Yes, absolutely. So. I don't know. Maybe not her. Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. <laughs> she, yes. She's the answer to everything now. So absolutely. Um, her or Zazie Beats. There we go. Would be excellent. Um, as people were doing the build your own heist team, yeah. you know, tweets mm-hmm. around there. I saw her come up like multiple times as like the demolitions expert. Oh, so if that'd they be needed, fun. Like a safe cracker or something like that. I think she would be perfect. For that, that. That'd be really fun. Oh, real quick too. Yes. Aquafina who I had no idea who she was before this movie began. She, did you see Neighbors 2? Didn't recognize her. She was great in this. She, yeah, it is Neighbors 2, right? That yes. she's in? Mm-hmm. 90% so. sure. That sounds right. Terrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. And then by the end of the movie, um, uh, of course, she's like a YouTuber. Yeah. And all I could think of was like Little Tay for some yeah. reason. And I was like, they didn't plan this, but well, that's funny how that worked out. Yeah. But it, yeah, it was... Well, that was gold. Yes, it was. Um, So, yeah, those are our thoughts on Ocean's 8. That's all we have for this review of the movie. We'll be right back in a bit with the news. These boots are made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. One of these days, these boots are going to walk all over you. 
and we're back with the news and as always we're gonna start with tick it or skip it and this week it is jam packed because hollywood decided just to unload every trailer for every movie that will ever come out it seems like this week except for the aquaman trailer of course <laughs> the um, only one <laughs> the only one that didn't make it to make the cut but if you're new to the show this segment works as we talk about the trailer that came out and we discuss based on the trailer alone whether we would buy a ticket for the movie or skip it and since there were a lot of them, we're just going to go in the order that they are going to be released in theaters, starting with A Star is Born, currently set to come out October 5th of this year. Uh, Josh, what did you think of this first trailer? I enjoyed the heck out of it. It was it was mellow and low, and I'm like, what am I watching here? Because I didn't watch it when it first came out online. I just mm-hmm. saw it in the theater pop up. And I was like, oh, Bradley Cooper's Street Jesus. Okay, neat, <laughs> neat, cool. And then he starts singing and playing, and then um, he meets Lady Gaga, and they have conversation, and then just kind of crescendos and bells. I'm like, this is so touching. Mm-hmm. I am going to see it like five times. So it's, <laughs> uh, it's absolutely a ticket. You know, I'll, I'll scan Movie Pass any way I can <laughs> to go check it out. I did not care about this film during production mm-hmm. when the trailer first came online. Didn't care. Yeah. Now that I've seen it. Now you care. I care a lot. This looks uh, absolutely terrific. Uh, yeah. I will also give this a big ticket because Bradley Cooper, Bradley Cooper, Bradley Cooper, I can't <laughs> yeah, even say go. my own name. His directorial debut. Bradley Cooper is just too talented. Everybody. It's just unfair. He's a great actor. He is looks like he's going to be a great director, and apparently he can sing, play guitar, and has the looks. It's just like, what can't this guy do? Come on, um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's insane. And I really liked. You know, I was unsure about Lady Gaga as the female lead of this movie, but based on the trailer, she looks really good. And I think landing in somebody who's like an actual singer uh, is it sounds like it's paying off because when she kicks in to that vocal track, it's just like chills like it, it's it's super good and the trailer's edited really well at the end uh which is kind of like ricocheting and going really quick back and forth between all these different events of the movie mm-hmm. i thought it was aces and uh yeah big ticket i think it's his oscar film it, it looks like it. i mean there's a reason that steven spielberg's leonard bernstein biopic spielberg was like hey bradley how about how about you direct this instead of me <laughs> I think that's that's some pretty big praise of Spielberg's passing up a movie to let you direct it instead. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, I think this is a shoe in for an Oscar, a couple of nom- nominations, if not some wins, and uh, which is why I'd be pretty surprised if this actually sticks to this release date because it's it's a bit early. It's like right at the start of award season, but if this is going to be a true real contender, I feel like they'll push it back to the end of December, limited, and then go wide in early January just to kind of make sure it's fresh in everybody's mind when awards season and voting starts and picks up and everything. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, it's going to get Lady Gaga close to an EGOT. I would not be surprised. Yeah. Um, and I think another reason why I'll be delayed is because Venom is that same weekend, mm, which is point. a big commercial movie, but also Bad Times at El Royale, which also got its first trailer this week. And oh my Goddard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, wow. I was... I mean, I knew about this movie, and I was That's like, "Okay, okay, cool. This this looks this looks this looks cool. This this mm-hmm. sounds good. Uh, it's got a great cast. Drew Goddard really like Cabin in the Woods, and he wrote The Martian, which is one of my favorite movies of 2015. But I wasn't really expecting anything out of this movie, I guess. And then I saw the trailer, and I was just like, "What? What the heck? Yeah, like this looks excellent. Um, Jeff Bridges looks great in it. John Hamm as 
I guess, the runner of this hotel, mm-hmm. but then... The proprietor of the establishment. Right, but then Chris Hemsworth is, like, the guy behind the scenes that, like, is a threat to them or something, and he looks just super wacky and uh, creepy, and it looks like a very different role for Hemsworth, and I'm very excited for that for him because... Yes. He was like the big action guy at first, and then he kind of moved into comedy. Mm-hmm. And we're like, "You're a great comedy guy. Never do anything else." And then he does this, and you're like, "Right, you you look great in this as well." And yeah. it's just like so good. It looks like someone stole a script from Tarantino and the Coen Brothers <laughs> yeah. and like mashed it together. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm you giving it a ticket? Oh, ticket. Yes, yes, obviously. I'm giving it a ticket too. Um, and because yeah, I hope I don't have to choose between that and The Star Is Born the same weekend. <laughs> because it looks magnificent um extremely pulpy uh lovely neon the shadows everywhere it's gonna be i think it's gonna be something we talk about for a really 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 long time Mm -hmm. as long as it executes the vision that it lays out in that trailer yeah or that goddard seems to want to get across in that trailer yeah but there's there's some trippy elements in there too where you're like is this what's actually happening is this what's actually happening Mm -hmm. like I don't know. I don't know what to believe, and I like that. Exactly. I mean, it looks like spy, mm-hmm. the bi-state establishment. It's all really wacky and cool. Um, Jeff Bridges is in there. We've also got uh, Dakota, Dakota Johnson. Johnson yep. And then you can go out there from – there's somebody else that I'm missing. There's the Kaylee Spaney from yes. Pacific and Uprising mm-hmm. and somebody else whose name I do not know. Right on. I should have jarred that down. <laughs> but, yeah, it looks packed. looks fun. I love it. Yeah. Um, so if, I mean, you mentioned uh, you hope you don't have to choose. I think we would we'll be seeing Venom. So I'm assuming we're going to be reviewing that that mm-hmm. weekend. Um, we're sellouts. Yes, we are. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I got to go for the clicks. Sony's paying uh, us. What can yeah. we say? <laughs> uh, but, but if you, if you had to, you know, you see Venom Thursday night, opening night, and then Friday you have an opening in your schedule and you're like, all right, well, I'm going to go see another movie. If it's a Stars Born, Bad Times, which do you choose and give your ticket to first? Uh, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm going by myself, I'm going to go see a Star is Born because I'm sure I'm going to cry, <laughs> and I don't want people to see that. Okay. If I'm going with any, if I'm going with anybody else, it's going to be Bad Times because it looks like something that you need to have a friend for. I, I think I, I would choose Bad Times mm-hmm. because I think this movie would have potentially more surprises in it than. A Star is Born, I think A Star is Born would be pretty straightforward, which I could wait till a Saturday or Sunday to see right. and be like safe. Mm. But maybe Bad Times could have like some twist ending that'd be like, Thursday night's already going to be spoiled. So I'm going right. to have to like rush out to the 12 a.m. showing or 12 p.m. showing on uh, you know the Friday to see Bad Times, make sure like I see it early enough where I don't get completely spoiled. Right, before film Twitter memes, memes it up. Exactly. Um, so we also got our first trailer for another, what I think is going to be a huge Oscar contender. The first, first trailer, man, first, yeah, I huge ticket. I come, come on, Damien Chazelle, this dude is just insane. Did Whiplash, La La Land, both these jazz musical, uh, incredible films, mm-hmm. and now he's like, I did that. I mastered that Stepping stuff. No, away. no, no, no big deal. Now I'm going to go into kind of bigger budget action, space horror thrillers but also still character pieces and still probably get a ton of Oscar nominations because first man looks incredible. Uh, visually looks great. Mm-hmm. 
all the shots are so good. Uh, I love the tone of it. Um, I love the way Chazelle's kind of talked about it in the lead up to this trailer release where he's like, well, we want to keep it personal. We want to keep it framed on the family. Um, this has very much Apollo 13 vibes, I think. And Ryan Gosling looks great as Neil Armstrong. Claire Foy is his wife. She's having a really good week, as we'll get to later. And, uh, yeah, big ticket for me for First Man. One of my most anticipated of the fall, for sure. Yeah, well, I'll say this. I am at the ticket because I'll buy anything that Damon Chazelle is selling. Uh-huh. All right? But based on the trailer... But, based on the trailer, it's a ticket because it just gets me there. Okay. This is not a good trailer for First Man. Really? Uh, not, you know, one bit. The mood and the tone don't feel right for me, and I, I don't know why. And I couldn't put my finger on it completely. Okay. It feels hacky. And I, maybe that's a good thing because they don't know how to sell this movie. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's going to be something, you know, uh, exceptional. Uh, the, but whoever's DPing on this, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they're crushing it. Yeah. They're they're absolutely slaying it. Those images that came out in EW. Uh, people. People. This week early. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. From that f- shot inside of the NASA HQ with yeah. the rocket framing in the window. And then to... Which opens up the trailer. Which opens up the trailer. And exceptional because that push yeah. in and you do reveal Gosling's face in there. Like, you know, it's the it's the dream. Exceptional. And then going from there to just everything else that you see um, Gosling or Armstrong getting himself mm-hmm. into up into including the uh, jet in suborbit. Yeah. Or in, yeah, suborbit. Sure. Low orbit, low orbit. Where then the pen just floats up and he grabs it and yeah. he's silhouetted against it. Beautiful. So I'm there for that. Okay. I'm there because it's Chazelle. I'm there because this trailer just gets me there to okay. take it. But I'm I'm cautious. But you're not as over the moon as I am. <laughs> I am not. Not over- intended as a pun initially. <laughs> that was a good one. But though. I stuck with it. I appreciate it. Uh, it was good. We also got our first trailer for Halloween 2018, mm-hmm. which isn't the official title, but you kind of have to use that to distinguish it from the original movie. came out in 1978, I believe. John Carpenter. Jamie Lee Curtis is back. Uh, have you? Are you a fan of the original movie? Haven't, haven't seen haven't it. Haven't seen it. I watched it for the first time this morning. And? <laughs> and really enjoyed it. It's okay. super creepy. Uh, I mean, Mike Myers is a great villain. Jamie Lee Curtis is really good in the movie. Um, John Carpenter just knows how to kind of frame a, frame a movie, but also do these like really fun, like long takes. Uh, and it's just, it's really well done. I think this looks like a very worthy follow-up, which obviously since I just watched the first one this morning, I haven't seen any of the sequels, which people don't like. They don't follow Curtis, right? I don't believe so. Okay. And, um, or I, I'm not sure about that. I think some of them may, but, this one is retconning everything that came after the first Halloween movie. So that's the only, this is the only one that matters. Got it. And this trailer apparently pokes jokes at some of the other movies where, like, <laughs> in the third movie, I think, they make a reference that Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers are related. And then the trailer's like, oh, I heard that's her brother. And they're like, no, 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 that was just a, that was, that was a rumor. Got it. <laughs> Doesn't count. Um, so I, I like that kind of element, but I think it just looks creepy. It looks like it's going to have a good spot coming out right on Halloween weekend. And uh, it looks like a return to a very cool character for Jamie Lee Curtis, kind of getting to strap up and put on the guns and <laughs> kind of go to town. Right, exactly. That's the thing that I was like, 
kind of shocked about watching the trailer. It's a ticket, by the way. Yes. Um, for you? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm probably going to skip it. Okay. But I do like what I saw. Okay. Uh, is that making a whole lot of sense? Not really, I, but okay. I, I don't think I'd see this in theaters. Okay. I think I would pass because I don't get the Halloween movies. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't seen the first one, but maybe that's why. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I do love John Carpenter's movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the Thing, The Escapes from New York's, uh, and then what's the other one that I'm trying to think of? I can't think, remember. I think of like The Ward or something that was really recent that he did. Uh, big fans of that. This looks fine. Um... But yeah, I just kind of like cool to see Jamie Lee Curtis like hunting Mike Myers this time around. Right. So maybe like he's the victim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. But there is some cool shots, especially that courtyard with yeah. that, that checkered courtyard with the boxed in things. I'm interested to see how that all plays out mm-hmm. in the end. But I'm not going to be there opening weekend. Okay. I mean, we may have to be. We'll see what the release yeah. calendar's like. It's <laughs> 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 a good point. Uh, but then moving into November. We got our first trailer for the Suspiria remake from Luca Guadagnino, the director of Calling By Your Name. Uh, this may be the creepiest thing I've ever seen. Just like th- in terms of a two-minute block of a trailer, just the the pacing of it, the way it's shot, the close-ups on people's teeth and fingernails, and then just like the weird image imagery near the end, plus the editing style um it's just looks like a complete reversal from what guadagnino did with calling by your name which was just like the sweet love story and like not it's all in uh italy and you're just like oh it's so beautiful out there and i was just like this is like some ballet company that's like demonic things are happening or something weird is going on for sure i don't know i haven't seen the original movie um but tilda swinton looks super creepy dakota johnson yes uh again she's having a great week it appears and chloe grace moretz is in there as well i mean yeah this is a another ticket for me maybe a little more hesitant uh of of a buy because i don't know if i'll actually enjoy watching this movie but i think it'll be uh, pretty well made yeah it looks exceptional well done i'm gonna give it a ticket because i like mystery i like intrigue um i like to be i like to be unsettled by movies because i always think that's kind of cool that uh-huh. like you know people making a movie you can just like fake something and then it bothers people at that, <laughs> that sort of a level and yeah you really feel it here no one looks happy no one looks excited everyone looks dazed and confused uh and then it's just i don't know i mean I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> that's a good and thing. And that's why I want to go see it okay. more than anything. So that's why I'm giving it a ticket. Fair enough. Uh, we also got our first trailer for Girl in the Spider's Web. Mm. This is not necessarily a sequel to the David Fincher movie, but it also may be in it's some the way. second book. Yeah, and the first one's Girl and Dragon Tattoo, which Rudy Mara and David Fincher did in yep. middle of the 2000s. And... What do you think of this trailer? I thought the trailer was good. I'm not. <laughs> the trailer on a was lot of things good, but I'm not gonna give it a ticket because okay. it just didn't didn't pull me in at all. Okay. Um, Claire Foy looks like she's having fun. Uh, as the Swedish uh, Lisbeth. Lisbeth. Yep. Scamand um, Scamander. <laughs> that's that the, that's right. that's that's the Fantastic Beast guy. That's Newt Scamander. Right. Lisbeth Slander. There you go. That's what um, it is. It looks like a super cool role. Uh, 
but I just I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it. There wasn't enough. At least there wasn't enough story here for me just okay. yet. Uh, she does just kick some guy's butt completely, and then um, set up his wife mm-hmm. to get free. Cool. And then after that, it looks like there's a little bit of running, some action mm-hmm. taking place. So for right now, I'm at skip it. Okay, you haven't seen the Fincher one. I haven't seen the Fincher one. You haven't one. seen the Numi Rapace trilogy. I have the not. original. I haven't seen any of them either. Um, but I really love this trailer okay. because I like how it. I like how it started instead of like a typical trailer. I think where you get a lot of snippets of scenes. This movie. This one starts with like a full minute of basically a, a finished uncut scene of what is one of Lisbeth's like I would assume initial kind of adventures in the movie where mm-hmm. like you said she goes after this guy who's been messing around with his boss's wife but then also prostitutes yeah, and beating, beating up his up. own wife and uh he's a despicable guy and like her thing is that she beats up dudes who are bad to girls and it's just like okay cool i can get behind that i guess and i just really loved the execution of the scene and kind of just letting it breathe and that was the part that sucked me in and then when the trailer kicked into more traditional style of like and here's everything else that's gonna happen in the movie i was like okay cool 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 look he's stanfield awesome yes um and then i was like but who's this blonde chick and it's sylvia hoax from blade runner 2049 right. and it's like is she the villain of that movie? Because that'll be cool if it's Claire Foy or Sylvia Hoax in some way. Um, I think Claire Foy looks great in the role. Again, I don't know if, how it compares to Rooney Mara or Numi Rapace's performances, but this just looks like a really, really well-made movie. And I think Fede Alvarez making that jump from Don't Breathe to kind of a bigger-budget studio movie looks like it's going to pay off for him, I believe, and uh, should be a good move. So, ticket for me on girl in the spider's web all right a lot of tickets this week which means i'm gonna be spending a lot of money in the fall <laughs> and that's not gonna stop the week after when steve mcqueen's widows hits theaters you watched um, this trailer right before we started recording yes. josh Holy and smokes. you were blown away loved it uh, i just it, i could not believe i'm like okay we'll see and then it began and i was like oh okay and then L- liam neeson gets blown sky high and i'm like yes and then they kill john bernthal <laughs> then they like, kill john bernthal and then we uh, you michelle rodriguez elizabeth the biggie viola davis carrie coon and cynthia Iviro mm-hmm. show up ready to just go on commit so many crimes yeah and i am a thousand thousand percent here for it and then not to mention there's daniel kalua and brian tyree yeah. popping up in there i'm That's like he's like Hench guy, henchman, I guess. Yes, they're just all standing by the car. And I'm like, uh, in my head, those guys hang out together, right? <laughs> With Donald Glover and <laughs> Brian Co- or Ryan Coogler. I'm yeah, like, that that fits so well. If only. And I'm huge on Brian Tyree. I think he should be mm-hmm. cast in everything, um, instead of just really bad Netflix movies. So thankful to see him here. But Viola Davis is going to. She's going to steal the so show. So good. The speech she is giving. Uh, midway through the movie mm-hmm. about the balls to do crimes. Yeah. <laughs> Follow her, uh, everyone, and do not mess with her. Ticket, ticket, ticket. Yeah, uh, absolutely agree. Big ticket, um, multiple tickets, whatever I have to do to get into the see this movie. Because, yeah, like, man, you rattled off the cast. It's 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 exceptional. Uh, Viola Davis looks to be the standout, which isn't a surprise, but I also think Michelle Rodriguez looks surprisingly 
good. Yeah. Or oh, at least, she's not at least a bad adi- actress. But I mean, like in the Fast and Furious movies, there's that. It's kitschy. It's like okay, right. like her role in there. You're kitchen. very yeah. You're very much a corny addition to the group, and it looks like this is going to be a nice role for her. I love the take of like. I mean, it's pretty obvious from the title that, like, widows. So, obviously, <laughs> all these dudes are going to die. But then I love the fact that like, these women are like, all right, cool. Or not cool, but like, okay, our husbands are gone. Our turn. Our turn. Yeah. We're we're taking over. We're going to start pulling all these heists. And it looks just, like, really well done. The action looks great. Um, the pacing of the trailer, at least, is, is really fun and moves quick. I hope that's the same way for this movie. It looks like a really different turn for Steve McQueen after 12 years as a slave. Like, it's... Doesn't doesn't seem like they're in the same ballpark, but as the same guy, and it looked like a really exciting turn for him. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see this movie in the middle of November. Just like I cannot wait to see the sequel to Wreck It Ralph. Ralph breaks the internet. Wreck It Ralph two, which comes out the week after. Oh my gosh, loved it, loved it, awesome, so much fun. Uh, big ticket. I think the I mean the the trailer is really solid. And then the Disney princesses scene kicks in, and you're just like, oh, oh my, oh my gosh! The best part. This is like I need a whole movie of this, which mm-hmm. is like I didn't know was something I'd be interested in. But when Cinderella breaks the glass heel, <laughs> about to <laughs> about to stab <laughs> Vanellope, I'm like, oh my gosh! The shiv. This is this is yes. insane. And then like, there's so many just like subtle hints that I didn't even recognize at first, but then like somebody pointed out like. Pocahontas's hair is always moving because like that's just how it is in the in her animated movie and mm-hmm. the fact that they got all the original voice cast but then also Disney's doesn't look like they're afraid to kind of poke fun at themselves in that Disney scene where it's like oh do you do you have magical powers do you do this are you a princess because of this or this or this and like Vanellope's yeah. like what is what is wrong with you guys do I need to get somebody in here and then right. check all the police and then uh, Elsa finally is one who's like well does somebody you know does did a big strong man come in and save the day and she's like yeah what's up with that <laughs> and she's like she is a princess and it's just like uh it's it's super funny um that even loved the way that they poked fun of themselves for the title of the movie at the end of the trailer oh that's right where they're like well it should be ralph wrecks the internet right because that's what i do i wreck things and mm-hmm. you know then Taraji b henson's character yes is just like yeah yeah but break the internet is the same so we have to go with that and she's like <laughs> he's like I, okay I, I, I don't know but okay yeah. <laughs> right. like it seems like a very fun movie uh the oh my disney stuff looks like a blast with star wars marvel mm-hmm. uh all disney properties all in one place on the internet i, I can't wait Big yeah. ticket. I'm a ticket because I love the first one. And then this trailer does it for me, pushes all the right buttons, yeah. especially the Disney princess scene. I think that would get me in there right away. You just released that one scene, yeah. no context whatsoever. And then say Ralph, I'm like, I'm there. You got it. Uh, but I do want to say I'm, I'm worried if they spend all their time in Oh My Disney. Oh, no. I will be a little upset. Yeah, I don't think. Because there looks like there's uh, so many great opportunities for gags out there Mm -hmm. for them to be like, okay, now time to go to Disney IP land. (laughs) Well, okay. And then they just spend time plugging all of their projects and Mm -hmm. films in the next five to ten years. That would be be unfortunate because I think Snapchat, Facebook, Google, and Amazon are ripe for some ribbing. And Twitter. (laughs) And Twitter. Oh, especially Twitter. Uh, You would... I really would hope there would be some good gags there, but it looks like they're just flying past it. So flying past the rest of the stuff, Twitter and I, everything else. I I would guess they mentioned they go through that stuff at the beginning, like because in that first trailer we saw them go through like eBay and right. all these other stuff, and then I I would guess oh my Disney's like the middle part of the movie, and then because we don't even know really what 
yeah, what, what, the, the, what the point of the movie is, the mm-hmm. plot or anything, if there's a villain. The grandpa needs help with his Wi-Fi router. Right. So, like, <laughs> what what's going on here? Um, I think that's all being saved for the third act, which I think is great because that means we don't know what this movie is doing technically. And yeah. uh, that's exciting. For sure. They're just telling us, like, hey, you love the first one. You love Disney stuff. Well, here's everything you love all packaged together. Um, we also then, moving into the very busy December season, we got our, first, or we got our second trailer for Mortal Engines. Yeah. This one is going to be the first skip it for me of the day. Just because it's just like, okay, cool. Didn't leave that big of an impression on me, and I feel like I can miss it and not miss anything. Like, I've seen Hugo even play villains before. Mm-hmm. I don't know who any of these cast members are outside of him, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because maybe they're a bunch of cool up-and-comers, but you're not pulling me in because of that. You're just more like... From the guy who made Lord of the Rings, here's Peter Jackson, but yep. he's but he's not directing the movie. And it's just like, okay, like I like the idea that all oh, these cities are now mobile and there's like some magic elements to it, but it's also sci-fi, but it's also dystopian, but it's it, so there's like a lot of moving pieces to me and I think the visuals look like the best part of the movie, but I needed more from the story and the characters at this point to kind of really pull me in because I felt like the visuals and kind of stuff was in that first teaser that I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like I would, I'd go see this movie. Yeah. And then I didn't really get anything beyond that. That I felt it was really substantial. So I'm going to skip this one. Yeah. I mean, the cast is definitely a group of people like I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Hugo Weaving is the only name I can pick out him and Colin Salmon. And that's it. So uh, that's not like, I'm, I'm skipping it too. Okay. Um, it, is, it looks like it's a fun adventure. But other than, you know, showcasing its effects, it all kind of feels really weak. But maybe I want, maybe I end up getting to see it eventually, and then I'm like, I really miss it. This was a sleeper. Mm-hmm. Peter Jackson's still, you know, incredible at conjuring up these fantasies in these worlds, or bringing them to life, rather. Yeah. Because I think this is based off of some novels. So we'll see. Hope I'm wrong. But, yeah, not not a huge fan. No, me neither. And plus... I'm going to skip it because he saved my money for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which comes out that same weekend. Yes. And this trailer looks so good. Uh, I mean, visuals alone on this thing are just like mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Stuff you haven't seen before, the way they incorporate kind of freeze frames from comics and comic panels with the POWs and the all the, all the kind of unique stuff that comics only do. Like incorporating yeah. that into the actual visual elements of the movie, super fun. The comedy in this looks really funny too with like the... I love you, son. And then, like, and right. I think it's Mahershala, or no, it's Brian Tyree Henry, right, who voices the father. Yes. And he's like, you got to say it back. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like it's just like funny stuff, like that. It goes into Mom Morales's life, um, but also this one kind of expanded upon the idea of the Spider Verse, and they also tease like, wait till Comic Con, and you'll find out a lot more about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't wait for that to happen in, in like a month right now, but. It confirmed Jake Johnson as Peter Parker, yep. which I think is great, as well as Haley Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy. Um, I I can't wait to see all of them interact with Shamik Moore's Mal Morales, and uh, it looks like a great time. So easy ticket for me. Yeah, absolutely. It looks exceptional. Uh, it looks like no other animation movie that I've seen done before. Like you mentioned, the incorporation of these um, comic panels and quote bubbles in a few places, and then the like. The, the analog Batman 60s Adam West kapow kapoom mm-hmm. buttons or you know uh, 
captions or yeah. frame frames they drop in there. They're like incorporated into the story with those freeze frames. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really cool. And then, I mean, you can't say enough about those shots, those scenes where Miles is testing Spider-Man out for the first time, his powers, mm-hmm. and just, just dropping into the city at night. Yeah. That is hypnotizing. Yeah, but it looks funny. Um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, you know, executively produced, scripted as well. I feel like that's correct. Yeah, and I know it's got Dicko and Bendens, but I just don't know if they have credits on it. So, well, yeah, I mean, I'll they're, they're they'd be involved from a character perspective, not a okay. story perspective. Um, so yeah, I don't know if the Lord and Chris Miller involved story wise. I would believe they're the Lord is. Okay. Just look it up. Okay, so yeah, it's good to have their comedy fingerprints all over it. And then, like you mentioned, the uh, scene outside of the school, a hundred percent them. Mm-hmm. So I am so here for it. It's a Spider-Man with a hyphen. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> let's, let's go. Yeah. And we also got a first trailer for Bumblebee, the final incarnation of the current Transformers universe, but also potentially the start of the new Hasbro shared universe, possibly. Right. Uh, not really sure where it falls, but uh, this was a big surprise. Because it looks, you're giving the it, lo- it looks really good. It does. Um, yeah, it, take it from me. I, I, I mean, who, who would have thought a Transformers movie could have so much heart? Did you feel something watching yes. the trailer? Yeah, it's, it shocked me. <laughs> what? I didn't understand. I was like, what's happening? <laughs> this is possible with Transformers. Like, mm-hmm. you don't. I, not even the first Transformers movie, which I think is the best one, still fun movie. Doesn't even like I got more emotion out of this trailer than and than all the rest of the Transformers movies combined. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of that goes from comes from Travis Knight, the director who's making his live action debut after directing Kubo and the Two Strings uh, two years ago. I mean, this just looks like such a great live action debut for him. Haley Steinfeld is in the lead role. Her pairing with Bumblebee looks great. The action looks really fun, mm-hmm. really dynamic. Um, a lot of Iron Giant kind of vibes. In yes. this, yeah, um, but on but in a live action form, which I would be interested to see if Travis Knight kind of drew from that, coming from his animation background, and I mean, yeah, the heart alone I think really sells this as something that Transformers desperately needs, and makes me hope that this is part of that. It, if if uh, Paramount is going to do this shared universe Hasbro thing, right, or continue to make Transformers movies, I want to see this style stick. So if that means that this isn't part of the Bay universe or whatever, fine. That's better. And then let this be the track record uh, or the template to follow moving forward with all your other things. 100%. Yeah. This felt like Steven Spielberg was executive producer on all of those Transformers movies. Yeah. And not one of them. Well, let me rephrase that. The two that I have seen now (laughs) have felt like a Spielberg movie. This feels like it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, maybe... I haven't seen Box Trolls or Coraline or Kubo yet. And maybe those have exceptional heart as well. And that's what Travis Knight's bringing in. But this just this just feels like something heartwarming, family-friendly, and like and fun. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like it's trying to go all four quadrants. Um, the way Or go 100% for all four quadrants the way Michael Bay tries to do with yeah. kid humor, adult humor, explosions, and some kind of, you know, high stakes drama. It looks like it's aiming for two or three mm-hmm. and that's perfect. Uh, yeah. Haley Steinfeld really brings it. The, um, the tapes, the music, the Rick roll, 
bah, <laughs> was really funny and cute. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I didn't think I would be in, but I'm in. This is awesome. So this may be a bit of an unfair question since we don't have the first trailer for it yet, but right. Aquaman comes out the same weekend. Right now, if you had to choose opening night, Aquaman, Bumblebee, assuming they both stay, which I find pretty unlikely, which do you choose? Mm. James Wan has not let me down yet. Yeah. So I'm going to go with him. I'm going to go with WB because they've basically, they've all but said at this point, <laughs> we've done our own thing with this guy. So yeah. uh, I'm, there, I'm there for that. Okay. I think I would agree with you. I think it's a bit of a bigger movie. It's the bit of a bigger draw for me. Um, but I, I, I'll be very surprised if both of these movies come out the same day especially with Alita Battle Angel supposed to come out the same weekend. Well, like, I don't know if too many people are worried about Alita. <laughs> I don't think so either, but it has a has a big budget. So if you're the studio behind that, if you're the studio behind Bumblebee or Aquaman, why would you want all three of those to come out the exact same day? It's, it's bad business. Um, one or two have to move. And I mean, if it's Bumble, I think Bumblebee should probably be the one to stay because I think it would have the strongest legs. Is it Alita Fox? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, and then Transformers is WB and... Mm -hmm. And Bumblebee is Paramount. Right. Wow. So It's going to be a competition. Yep. I'll try and take up that Star Wars box office um, that Star Wars vacated this year. Uh, But moving into early 2019. Yeah. We're already talking about 2019 movies. Uh, The last two trailers we got to talk about are both animated movies. One coming out in February, one coming out in March, and both first looks for sequels. One of them being the Lego Movie 2, the second piece, second part? Second part. Second part. Um, this one I liked but didn't love. Got it. But I'll still give a ticket to you. Okay. Um, because I liked how at least how it opened with the post-apocalyptic vibes. It's like <laughs> yes. this is just like uh, – I don't know if it's intentional going off of Mad Max, but that's initially the first thing mm-hmm. I thought of, obviously. Um, I love – I mean I love the characters from the first movies and so seeing them all back together is fun. Right. But I also just kind of like how they're moving forward with this universe. Um, I wish we kind of seen more of the characters themselves, but kind of the introduction of um, Stephanie Beatrice's character as Dream Chaser or something. She's like the astronaut space person. Um, I don't know. If she, I doubt she's the villain of the movie. Doesn't seem like it. I don't, but she kidnaps all the rest of them. I guess that's I guess that's for a larger pot because. Um, the people behind this movie have kind of said, oh, well, this is a space adventure. And so I'm guessing that happens earlier on, and then the space adventure comes after. But I liked the the tease of the Sistar system <laughs> yes. because uh, that, to me that explores, okay, we're going into more of the sister's mm-hmm. mind and everything. And I felt like that's like just a very clever way, especially when she said, don't, don't react. Ooh. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh. It's just like. Stop it. It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just very simple, but comedic stuff like that i think really sells these lego movies for sure so it's it's still a ticket for me but i wish i would have liked it a little bit more well i thought it was fantastic i mean take it right away and not even not even hesitating with this um i the the idea of them going like emmett everything is not awesome it's like (laughs) oh that's so sad because he's he's happy still and trying to do his best and chris pratt um is you know on, is in rare form here. Mm-hmm. I think I think voice acting is something he excels at more yeah. than regular acting uh, on so many levels. Just because his he, he his his face doesn't always express the enthusiasm that he can sometimes like eke out in his voice. You can definitely hear it in his voice. You can definitely hear it in his voice. That's what something that made Andy so great, and it's something that makes 
Emmett so great. Yeah. Emmett, Emmett is Andy. <laughs> they are one and the same. Uh, but yes, it looks perfect. It looks just as exciting and fun and as dumb as the last Lego movie. And that is why I will a thousand percent be there for it. Yeah, and we also, as I mentioned, got our first trailer for How to Train Your Dragon 3, officially titled How to Train Dragon The Hidden World. Uh, this one is a big ticket for me. Big fan of the franchise. Love the first two movies. Uh, I think the Hidden World element looks really, really gorgeous. Um, just the underwater world of dragons, uh, the colors behind it, the introduction mm-hmm. of a light fury to go along with Toothless. Um, but I love just kind of how it starts with the kind of reminiscing on the franchise so far, calling this, calling it the conclusion of what has happened. Um, kind of seeing how this world's kind of gotten from where it began to where it is now. Yeah. It looks super playful still, even if all these characters have grown up and we see, um, you know, uh, guys, I can't remember his name, the but kid, the who, kid, right. From the yes. first one who finds, you know, <laughs> well, I can't think of his name. Gosh, dang it. Um, but the guy who rides toothless, uh, he, like he even has a beard at the beginning and it still feels like he's still just a kid. And I, I just think it's a really playful trailer. And the only concern we really have about it is that the story looks a bit familiar in terms of what they've already done before of like, Oh, our home is endangered. We now have to stop it from the bad guy. And it's like, we, we, that was largely what the second part was and had even the same kind of hidden world element where, uh, uh, Oh, I just had it. I just had hiccup. A, hiccup yes. There you go. Uh, where Hiccup's mom is like lost, and then like he finds her in this like habitat with other with other dragons. Um, it's that's a very similar plot. It appears to what's happening in the third movie. Mm-hmm. So I hope it's not too familiar and too much like them. Oh, well, we needed to close out the trilogy, and this was the best way we could do yeah. it. Um, so that's my biggest concern, but still a ticket for High Train Dragon Three. I haven't seen the second film oh well sorry i spoiled I it skipped it no i mean i knew it was his mom they tell you that right i think yeah. they show you in the marketing um so i i did i mean yeah i jumped over it but i love the first one mm-hmm. i thought it was so earnest sweet um and it's it's about as perfect of an animation movie as toy story or whichever toy story is your favorite and you think is the best one you know mm-hmm. the quintessential uh installment there so i don't know i haven't seen the second one. I don't know if it stuck the landing. Okay. I've heard differing things. I on think it. it's great. It's not as good as the first one. I've heard it's great, and I've heard it destroys everything that was good about the first one. Oh my! So oh like, my gosh! Wow! Wow! So here we are with this. But I, I mean, I was tickled by the trailer. I mean, it looks cute. Um, watching Toothless, you know, try to impress the White Fury yeah. there. That was that was adorable. Um, the story elements of it don't look that impressive to me. I'm kind of echoing what you said, but yeah, there's a, a certain like Coco vibe yeah. that I was getting um, as they soar over that hidden world mm-hmm. or under it or wherever it's located. Over it's that, which is underneath <laughs> the regular world. <laughs> yes. So that looks cool. It'll make for, it'll give DreamWorks and their animators a lot of cool things to yeah. show us. And that's a lot. One of the, most fun things about animation is mm-hmm. you get to do things that you can't pull off in the real world. Yep. So yeah, I'll give it a ticket. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that is finally the end of ticket or skip it. Woo. Probably the longest ticket or skip it we will ever do. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. I, I would, I would 
Put money on it because that <laughs> that's just – there's so many trailers to get to, and we even cut a bunch uh, that we easily could have talked about. But moving on to the actual news of the week, the biggest story of the week came from Collider when mm. they revealed a wish list, a short list to – of who could potentially play the young Willy Wonka in Warner Brothers' planned prequel that uh, Paddington's Paul King is directing. Collider reported that Donald Glover, Ryan Gosling, and Ezra Miller are among those in consideration for the role. If it is one of these three, Josh, there is there you, any doubt that you, you would choose... Is there any reason you wouldn't choose Donald Glover? Uh, no, there isn't any reason I wouldn't choose Donald Glover. Um, unless like there was another project, like his Lando movie needed to go instead of this one. Well, but, okay, what would you choose? You know what? I would actually choose Willy Wonka over Lando okay. because this just sound. This is perfect for him in so many ways. I mean, I know it's the prequel to Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah, that's less exciting to me than him opening the doors of a chocolate factory, <laughs> um, you know, in a purple outfit with a top hat and a cane, you know, because mm-hmm. he's, Donald Glover is so eccentric. If you, if you don't, I mean, if you, you've seen him in community, I yeah. think that's our generation's connection to him outside of that. But he would crush it there in so many ways or just go to his SNL, um, his entire SNL episode because that's basically his audition to Willy Wonka. They, I think uh, Jeff Snyder said on Collider that he wants this yeah, role. He's, he's, he's been going after it. He's pursuing it. I want him to have it. You're an idiot if you don't get him. But I have no faith in Warner Brothers. Oh. They they botch everything. They've botched wow. everything so far um, other than Lego movies. So, you know, I don't think they're going to pick him. They'll end up picking Ezra Miller because he's Flash. Mm-hmm. Or they'll go with Ryan Gosling because he's... You know, Ryan Gosling, and they'll squander an opportunity to get on the Glover train. <laughs> okay. To put the gloves on. You so you're, you're very much against Ryan Gosling or Ezra Miller. I love Ryan Gosling to death, and Ezra Miller is great, but they're both not Donald Glover. Okay. The Ryan Gosling has first man movies. Don't let he can Donald go Glover's be, got season three of Atlanta. He's got, you know what, though? FX will wait on him. This 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 needs to be done now. <laughs> okay, so you would actually take a Willy Wonka movie starring Don Glover over another season of Atlanta? Yes. Okay, fascinating. Um, I think I I would also if I was the casting guy on this, I would also choose Donald Glover. I mm-hmm. think he is the perfect fit. Uh, even if you have to kind of be like, okay, well, it's, it's a prequel, but not a prequel to any of the movies you've actually seen already. Yeah. So it's not like him trying to be the earlier version of Gene Wilder, the earlier version of Johnny Depp's character, because mm-hmm. obviously that wouldn't work. Um, but <laughs> just Donald Glover's persona, I think, can easily pull off the eccentric parts of Luanka, but also the creepy undertones that come with the character. Um, I think it'd be such a fun role for him to play, and if he wants it, I don't know why Wonder Rose wouldn't give it to him. Right. Um, other than the fact that, yeah, I think Ryan Gosling is a big star. He may have another Oscar nomination, possibly a win under his belt by the time this casting nomination or this casting is done, depending on how well First Man does. And as you mentioned, Ezra Miller has big ties with Warner Brothers. He's their Flash in the DC universe. He's part of the Fantastic Beast movies. Right. He's got major ties over there, so they're obviously invested in him. So if they want to keep grooming him and they're like, okay, well, you know, Flash is still two years away and Fantastic Beast 2 didn't do well, so now that franchise is over. Um we need him to do something to keep his name relevant. Let's give him Willy Wonka. 
and have that come out a year before his flash movie and everybody will still be buzzing about him and be excited about his future. Mm-hmm. I underst- I understand why they do that. I don't understand why they give it to Ryan Gosling. I don't understand why they would go Don Glover's route. So I don't think there's a bad choice among the bunch. I'll be fine with any of them, but if it, if it was up to me, I would too go with Glover. Well, let me just kind of continue my my rant here and say okay. if anyone else is cast in this movie other than Donald Glover, I don't want to see it. I oh would, I gosh. would, I would even if even even if it's Paul King, I think Paul King knows the right choice. I think that's why Donald Glover's on the list. But I think there are I'm not going to make it too many accusations here, but I think there are reasons why he hasn't been cast already. And oh, okay, <laughs> Josh is coming at you, Hollywood. I'm coming at Warner Brothers, not Hollywood. Okay. Well, Warner Brothers is Hollywood when you think about it. I mean, they're part of it. They're yeah, they're part of the so. system. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on then to a report from Variety, also concerning Warner Brothers. Maybe it's part of those bad decisions you're talking <laughs> about. They or not they Variety reported this week that Warner Brothers is developing a solo movie for Jared Leto's Joker. Uh, this project currently does not have a writer or director, but is part of W's plan to grow the quote Suicide Squad universe. Whew. This is Walter Hermada's first mistake. It looks like it. Or it's Warner Brothers telling Hermada that you need to do a Leto movie because Jared Leto is in a band and it, <laughs> you know is attractive. And the movie he was in before people are like, Oh, we wanted more of him. And that movie made $750 million worldwide, <laughs> which still, is still crazy. Still, still gets still me. Doesn't, uh, and well, it won an Oscar. So, yeah. And solo is going to be derided as, you know, like, Oh, this big failure at the box. And then there's, it's going to make, ha- it's going to make half of what solo it's going to make. It's going to make half of what suicide squad, half did. of what suicide and not win any Oscars and not win any Oscars. <laughs> well, I mean, but you know, actually I wouldn't be surprised if Bradford young gets a DP nomination. That's not happening. I would not be surprised. People I, still I know be, his name. I'll be surprised. I would not be surprised. But uh, this is want to make another bet about that. <laughs> we will. Uh, we'll wait for Oscar season. Which okay. Is next January. I still there's still plenty of 2018 movies. I need yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. I feel like <laughs> there's plenty of other movies that are going to come that would. There's only five nominations going out to cinematographers, and I don't think Solo at the end of the year is going to be one of the five best looking movies. I don't have anything to say to that at this moment. Okay, we'll we'll circle back around. But to it. I this is I mean, I'll always wait to judge who they get to direct. Maybe it'll be somebody that'll be like, oh, of course, okay, we'll mm-hmm. see what we'll see what the angle is here. But on his face, DC's doing so many other great, running with so many great other great ideas right mm-hmm. now. This one seems like it would just be lame to shove another lineup. Yeah, uh, I don't get this. I don't really understand it other than the fact that you have Leto under a contract. And you're like, well, we got to use him. And Birds of Prey bumps Suicide Squad 2, so maybe there's an opening in Leto's schedule. But even then, this movie's not going to be ready in time to shoot before Suicide Squad 2. So what's really the point of this? Mm-hmm. Um, can you really have a solo Joker movie? I don't really think so because how can you make Joker a main character without potentially making him sympathetic? And because if he's just completely unlikable, then it's like, why am I following this character the whole time? It's not an easy movie to watch and it's yeah. not an easy movie to get behind. And I don't understand it from this perspective or from the fact that they were doing, they're talking about that joking Phoenix origin movie. Right. But that's would interesting just, though, because it's like, Oh, maybe he's got layers. Maybe. I think the origin story is potentially is a, is a slightly better idea than mm-hmm. this, but I still don't, I don't need or am interested in any of those. Cause right. I don't, 
think Joker is a leading character. He's yeah. he's best as a villain, opposite of a hero, mm-hmm. not as the leader of his own story. Um, that's just how I feel about it. And yeah, I mean, I have I have faith in Walter Hamada currently because it looks like he's making a lot of good decisions up until this one. Still trust him. Um, obviously, this is all just kind of based on like the announcements we've heard so far. We haven't actually seen anything that's come out from his department and we won't until shazam comes out next year so we're kind of on this weird like year-long grace period with walter hamada of like mm-hmm. keep doing your thing we'll see how it turns out and uh this doesn't seem like the best move yeah especially a suicide squad universe what does that mean does that mean we're gonna just get a, a deadshot movie a slipknot prequel <laughs> a uh you know i don't know slipknot. it just not it just seems like a bad idea it seems like a waste of resources and like there are so many other better dc characters yeah do i mean for. you're doing a joke you're potentially you are further along in a joker movie than you are in a man of steel sequel a cyborg movie green lanterns um so many others booster yep. gold all right. this stuff it's just like focus on those movies first before you think about getting a joker solo movie he can pop up in the batman or birds of prey or suicide squad 2 or the harley quinn movie or the harley quinn versus joker movie you know what now that i think about it i would forgive warner brothers if they let donald glover write and co-direct green lantern and then let ryan gosling do the boy wonka movie okay interesting but anyway yeah i mean this is kind of like take risks this doesn't look like a risk and that's what harmada has been doing hey, lately could be a so. risk <laughs> yeah, yeah. not it's not a good one good point <laughs> um moving on then to some casting news to wrap up this week's episode the rap report this week that val kilmer is going to return as iceman for top gun 2 titled top gun maverick uh you a fan of the first movie do you care that val kilmer is back it's one of the few Tom Cruise movies that I've seen and enjoy. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, Kilmer is Kil, Kilmer doesn't make the movie, but he's such a memorial, memorable part of it. Yes. You've got to have him because Goose has been cooked. So yeah. <laughs> you've got to bring back any face that you have uh, that reminds people of Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a it's a no brainer. Val Kilmer's schedule is not very busy. Uh, he, was, he was willing to do it, so why wouldn't you bring mm-hmm. him back in some capacity? Makes a lot of sense. I'm more interested in seeing kind of the other characters, they, the other people they cast, because they're supposed to be Goose's son, a love interest for him, a love interest for Tom Cruise's character, plus the other pilots that are going to be under Tom Cruise's wing. Those castings, I think, are going to be more interesting and telling for me as of if I'm going to be interested in this movie or not when it comes out in next may yeah i think um so for now it's like okay cool kilmer's back but that's that's really all i feel about it. it's not over the moon it's not really anything it's just like okay cool good for kilmer he's still active um we also got word this week from variety that uh quentin tarantino's cast for once upon a time in hollywood is in fact stacked uh, it added this week, James Marsden, Al Pacino, Dakota Fanning, Damian Lewis, Luke Perry, Emile Hirsch, Clifton Collins, Keith, Keith Jefferson, Nicholas Hammond, and Julia Butters to go along with the handful of names we've already talked about on the podcast before. Uh, this is just uh, an incredible cast. There are people that are, there are rumblings that James Marsden could in fact be Manson. <laughs> That'd be an interesting turn for marsden absolutely um i would not be opposed to it but uh i mean this this cast is just so good and i'm they just had their first table read mm-hmm. and I, I can't wait for this movie leonardo dicaprio says it's 
better than anything he's ever seen before. Yeah. Or something along it's those lines. It's the best Tarantino script, I think is what he said. Yes. And he's been in one other Tarantino film. And I would assume he's seen the rest of Tarantino's movies. Yes, I would too. <laughs> but yeah, so he's literally cast the rest of Hollywood yeah. for his film. And I'm finally excited for it. Anybody who's not a superhero is in this movie. Exactly. <laughs> Good, great, great point. Um, so the wonder if, I wonder if that's intentional. I, I doubt it. I don't know. It's interesting. But uh, yeah, I'm a thousand percent here for this. Uh, Dakota Johnson. No, Dakota Fanning. Dakota Fanning. Dakota, Dakota Fanning. Um, she had a cameo in Ocean's 8, didn't she? Did she? Wasn't she at the table with um, Helen Bottom Carter and they take a photo of her? Was that her? I, I think that was her. I'm not sure. That was her. Okay. Positive. So anyway, but some random association there. <laughs> yeah, he added a fantastic... This is a murder's row of character actors um, and then James Martin being that wild card. So thousand percent here for it and lastly something that broke just before we started recording variety confirmed that isaiah mustafa will play the older mike hanlon in it chapter two making him the final member of the grown-up version of the losers club he would probably best be known for his role in the old spice commercials yes. <laughs> or in the shadows hunter uh tv series admittedly i know him from the old spice commercials mm-hmm. and that's basically it so it's kind of like okay interesting but that's really all I have to feel about. It's more like, okay, another kind of more unknown character actor that can step into this role and uh, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. I mean, he's going to get like a built in audience for everything. So we can finally see what it's like. I mean, he can finally, you know, have a national stage. Yeah. So awesome. We can see all those reruns, the old spice commercials again. (laughs) Yeah. But no, but he looks like a perfect Mike. Yeah. So I'm there for it. Exciting news. As we round out what I would assume would be the whole cast rate chapter two, it should be complete unless they add more older characters that are just kind of natives mm-hmm. of uh, Derry. But other than that, this is the main cast and with these characters, with the grown up characters, the younger characters, Bill Skarsgård back as Pennywise. It looks like uh, it's like going to be a good time. But that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Josh. What are we going to review next week? The Incredibles 2. Yes. The 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 the, the Pixar sequel that we actually have wanted. <laughs> I know that's not how Hollywood work, you know, it works, but this is the one that they've just waited so long for. 15 years? Uh It's been near it's been, 15 it's been, it's years. Been a long time. And I am so excited to get back to see Mr. Incredible, uh Mrs. Incredible and the whole family, you know, yeah. kicking butt. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I'm going to see the double header, uh, the first movie and the second movie back to back on Wednesday. Oh, so I should awesome. have a review up Wednesday night or Thursday morning. Perfect uh, for you guys to read, and then you guys can go check it out for yourselves. Obviously, and I mean, all the reactions are glowing right now. So it looks like Pixar got another big hit on their hands and another big hit for the summer for Disney. And uh, yeah, we'll be back reviewing that next week and. Because of all the trailers that came out this week, and specifically the one for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, our big question this week is going to be related to animated superhero movies, asking what other superheroes need animated movies, because if Spider-Man can get one in this really cool fashion, what other uh, heroes need to kind of be explored in a new environment in the animated form? So, going to talk about that in the big question, 
it'll be fun. And uh, if you enjoyed this episode, though, please subscribe, share, retweet, and more. Plus, head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review with comments telling us why you enjoy listening to the show. Then be sure to tell us your thoughts on everything covered by tweeting us at Friends of Film. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at MovieCooper and Coops underscore Hoops. And you can get at me, Josh, at just Joshua Ryan. Thanks again for tuning in to the Friends of Film podcast. Josh. Do the right thing, WB. And be sure to turn next week for our view of Incredibles 2. Incredibles 2.